I was volunteering at my kids' elementary school with their, what we called the green team, like their environmental committee. And I was doing a lot of gardening with that. And one of my good, good friends, Callie Gibbs, asked me to design her garden. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Okay, maybe I am. Yeah, and that's natural. Yeah, she had such a beautiful, unique space. She was so trusting of me. And she was open to a lot of ideas, but also had a clear picture of what she wanted. We were great natural partners and it was so much fun that then I was like, okay, I think I can do this. Lucy Burkoff, my guest today, says she worked in gardening in a previous life and she means professionally, but does that resonate with you doing a job when you were young? In Lucy's case, it was when she was a teenager doing something for the purest reasons because you liked it and enjoyed it. And watch so many of us not allow ourselves to return to or finally listen to that honesty when the average person will spend 90,000 hours at work over a lifetime. Lucy was an interior designer at Waterworks. She moved to the suburbs of New York to raise a family. She has four kids. When a dear friend asked her to design a garden for her. Lucy's baby was just two at the time. The friend's property was amazing and totally unique, and she felt totally energized by this. That was 2016. And now Lucy has a thriving garden design business and a popular gardening Instagram blog at Lucy's Garden Life with tens of thousands of followers and growing. So this episode is about balance, overcoming challenges of starting a company after stepping out to raise kids full time and how Lucy is broadening her scope to include native plants and pollinator gardens, which have multiple benefits to people and wildlife while contributing to healthy soil and water. Bigger picture stuff. I love it. Let's listen. Welcome, Lucy. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Yes, Krista. Thanks so much for inviting me. This is awesome. Well, let's talk about how funny it is that I hadn't seen you for probably a decade, and then I bump into you twice in the same month. One, it's a School of Rock performance both of our kids were in, Garcia's at the Capitol Theater. That was so cool. And then just in town. And that's not even really what sparked my interest in your narrative. I happened to come across your Instagram page at Lucy's Garden Life, and I saw you had 20,000 plus followers. I'm like, I have to do a little digging on this lady. So so here we are. And tell me a little bit about right off the bat, why you feel this is your bucket list career. What's lighting you up about what you're doing now? Well, I really love, I realized recently, like I actually pinpointed it down. I love talking to people about gardens basically all day long. Yeah. And one of the main reasons I started the Instagram was because I was at home with my fourth baby. And I honestly, it had taken me a lot longer to build the family of my dreams than I anticipated. And (laughs) which is four children, four beautiful children, I might add. Yes. I was at home with this cute baby. But, you know, honestly, I craved that interaction and that talking about gardening. Mm. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to start this Instagram blog. And I found over time that just by authentically reaching out and conversing with all kinds of people from different walks of life all around the world, frankly, I actually was like so totally fulfilled. Yeah. And at the same time, in real life, was able to make those same types of deep connections with my local friends and moms here in my town by helping them with their gardens. 
So that was sort of the beginning, but you had had an interest in gardening way back when, even when you were a teenager. So why don't we dial it back a little bit and walk through your evolution? I know you were in interior design as well, but let's start with what sparked your passion for gardening? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill, right by the Capitol, U.S. Capitol. And there was a wonderful old, old hardware store in my neighborhood called Frager's Hardware. It's kind of infamous. I got a job there as a sophomore in high school. And they slowly developed enough trust in me that when I was about 17, they allowed me to really, in a pretty big way, take over the whole gardening department there with another wonderful woman, one of my greatest mentors, Barbara Dever. And we developed this awesome little urban garden center. We got to talk to people from all different backgrounds every day, right out there on Pennsylvania Avenue on the street. And it was like a once in a lifetime opportunity to develop my whole sense of gardening. And at such a young age. Mm -hmm. So then continue on your journey for me. You went to college, you got into interior design. So obviously design was in your wheelhouse throughout yes. your path. I don't know about you. One of the things my friend Larissa and I, when we were in fourth grade, I still remember like every day we'd take a piece of loose leaf and we'd draw out our houses with each room decorated <laughs> just in loose leaf and pencil. So no, I Cute. always, and my mom had a great eye for design. I love design. And I just, through the years, like I loved working at Waterworks. But really, at the end of the day, outdoor garden design is my real passion. Okay. And so you took some time when the kids were born mm -hmm. to be home with them, which I totally respect. And I did as well. And that was what I needed to do at the time. And at what point did you say to yourself, okay, I'm ready to do something else? I think it was in 2016, when I think your youngest was two years old, which is interesting to me that you still had a baby, you still had a toddler, and you decided to launch a business. Yeah, I just, I was getting so antsy to be, you know, able to develop gardens in a lot of different ways. I mean, obviously, when we bought our house in 2010, it's very funny, like growing up as an urban gardener, I mm -hmm. never really had any kind of substantial garden until we moved to Rye. But right. my whole life was spent teaching people how to garden. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, also, that's interesting. <laughs> I also for quite a long time ran the Smith & Hawken in Soho, New York, which was a gardening uh -huh. store on West Broadway in Soho. So that was also an incredible experience. But again, I lived in an attic in Brooklyn. I didn't have a garden. Right. So There just isn't the space, let's be honest. <laughs> right. 20 years later, finally, like with this great garden and this beautiful family. And I just realized like, I'd love to share that with my friends and pretty much given how much I like to talk to it with anyone that would have me. <laughs> Absolutely. And like I said, that's a multitasking feat to be starting a business for children, your youngest being two years old. Why was that the right time for you to launch? And what got you over any fears of taking this on? So I don't know if you found this because you and I volunteered at Resurrection together a long time ago, but I find that a lot of people find a second career through or a second I don't know how you would say it. I guess a resurrection of their next part of their life. There you go. Through their volunteer activities. Mm -hmm. But I was volunteering at my kids' elementary school with their, what we called the green team, like their environmental committee. And I was doing a lot of gardening with that. And one of my good, good friends, Callie Gibbs, asked me to design her garden. And 
I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Okay, maybe I am. Yeah, and that's natural. Yeah, she had such a beautiful, unique space. She was so trusting of me and she was open to a lot of ideas, but also had a clear picture of what she wanted. We were great natural partners and it was so much fun that then I was like, okay, I think I can do this. So that was your first client. And Mm -hmm. as I said, that was back in 2016. So now we're several years in. How have you built the business? Do you employ people? Is it mostly you? Just give us a sense of, of what you're doing day to day. Yeah, you know, I have a lot of partnerships, I would say, with a lot of different. So right now my business is, my own business is just me. But I love getting to know and partnering with so many smaller landscapers in our area. And one of the craziest things about where we live that I think if you don't live in this part of the country, you might not understand is how many really wonderful family, frankly, many men, but also women are involved in this business and they're excellent partners. They're great people to get to know. It's been really great. I mean, it's not all smooth sailing, but I have to say, like, it's very, very nice in a town like this to be able to develop those kinds of partnerships. Okay, well, you can talk challenges because part of what this show is about is solutioning those kinds of issues. So tell me how you've navigated some things. I can tell that you were sort of debating whether you should bring it up, but I think we can learn from it. A couple big things are the reliability of the help that you're seeking and their availability and their ability to get good help. That's been a real challenge for me, but now I feel I feel very confident actually going into 2022, but I, I started out pretty small for a long time and yeah. it was really like, you know, having the right babysitter for my youngest. And I have to say when COVID hit, it was a real challenge. Okay. Let's talk about your pandemic pivots because this comes up in almost every episode with every guest. I mean, the show came out of the pandemic. We started in January of 21 and things are a lot better now. But tell me what were some of the biggest obstacles you had and how you dealt with them? Well, it was really crazy because I had all my four kids at home. My babysitter was elderly, so obviously she wasn't available to us. Oh, yeah. And at the same time, people were never more eager to garden in their whole lives. Yeah. So my Instagram doubled in size. And I am like, I don't know, you tr- you strike me as this type of person also, but I am a liker. So if somebody posts something, I just like, there's nothing I can do. My hand just automatically likes it. So then you like, <laughs> feel like you just have to engage with so many people. So that was wonderful because it was like a little bit of social a lot of social interaction, but it was also like, oh my gosh, who are these new 10,000 people that, like my Instagram had grown very organically. Where did you start before the pandemic in terms of numbers? And that is a conversation I want to have with you, your social media growth. So we can also get some takeaways from that. But did you actually just land 10,000 new people in a couple months? No, it was really (laughs) crazy. Like that went crazy. And I felt like I really knew the original 10,000 people, it sounds crazy. I knew their, their loves and hates and all this stuff, their ups and downs. But the, the second group of people, I didn't, I felt like, oh my God, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. And they just came flooding in. They were crazy. That was great. It was fun. It was really a fun, wild ride. I've got to say. And I think all gardeners would say, if they were being honest, that 
the internet portion of it has really slowed down since people went back to work. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. It's moderated itself out. Yes. And the deeply interested people are still there. But then in real life, I was having so much fun because I was doing these drag and drops where I'd like go to the garden center. People would text me what they were looking for. Cause that March, everyone was so afraid to leave their house, like March, April, May, which are we talking about 19 or 2020? We're talking about 2020. Yeah, that's when it was really so bad. Yeah. In my own town, it was so much fun that so many people wanted to garden. And what I would do, since people were so wary of leaving the neighborhood and their house, I would go to the garden center. I would fill up my car with whatever they were looking for. And then because they had so much time on their hands and their kids were available, there were no spring sports, right. nothing going on. It was like little family projects. Great. Yeah. It was so fun. I would drop them off a load of exactly what was right for them. And then they could plant it with their family. And it ended up being like one of the most joyful things for me of the pandemic. That's super smart. How have you adjusted what you're doing now? How are things changing? For the better, obviously, in terms of normalcy. Yeah. But how, how is your business nowadays? Nowadays, I'm really more focused on larger scale garden design and thoughtful planting. I will say like over the years, I've really focused in now, honed sort of what I'm interested in. And yeah. I think like a couple things. One, it is just a fact and an awesome fact that people have a very, very strong emotional reaction to flowers, big flowers, lots of flowers. So I would say that flowers are one of the core focuses of my business. And then I have been on a real learning process, learning journey of finding out how best to care for our environment through my own specialty, which is suburban yards. And so at the same time that I'm trying to give my customers these really beautiful spaces, I'm trying to make them as environmentally friendly as possible. I love that. Planting natives planting pollinator plants. And that's why I really love like the opportunity to select trees for people, to select larger shrubs, because you can have a very big impact on the environment right in your own yard. That's actually really rewarding. And also, as you said, aesthetically pleasing. So mm -hmm. it's a win-win. And I like yeah. the direction that you're going in. I think so many homeowners think of environmentally it's hard. We live in the New York area. People have a very I would say New Yorkers, including myself, for better or worse, have a very honed aesthetic. They like what they like. And I think that as somebody who gardened in New York City, I deeply appreciate that quality. I love it. Yes. And I love people to be able to express themselves through their home interiors, but really also through their gardens. And actually, it's funny, you'll, you would see that each of my, I call them my gardeners, my clients, each of my gardeners' homes Unless you knew me, you, would re you wouldn't realize that I have a specific style because I really want each of my gardener's homes to speak to their style. But you will find that the flower power and the natives are the two things that unite all of the projects. Amazing. You're so passionate about this. And when we spoke before we started recording, you said that that's something that you would want people to understand if they're trying to launch something. You know, if you have something you're really passionate about, go for it. But also you need to think about whether or not it can be profitable. Yeah. So how did you make that determination? I mean, at the end of the day, it's always a struggle. <laughs> I will right. say, I, I'm going to be totally honest, since this is a business podcast, 
one of the yes. main reasons I left retail gardening and went to retail interior design at Waterworks was because it's very, very interesting. I think it's different in England, but in America, gardening in general, I would say currently is not as valued as interiors. When you think about the environmental impact and the emotional impact, it should be just as valued in terms of its, its commercial worth, frankly. Right. And you'd like to see that change. I would. I think I would. From I mean, this is a business podcast. So yes, from a business perspective, I think it is important. But gardeners are very, very loyal. And I actually just took this class and the lady was like, don't upset the pricing apple cart. It was an online web class about gardening and flowers. <laughs> and she was like, stick with the pricing that everyone uses. Don't upset the apple cart. And this could actually be a whole separate podcast. But I think if you're entering an industry, you have yeah. to be respectful of the people around you. But I also think that if there's a new and better way that you think you could do something, it's worth experimenting with, right? Absolutely. Anyway, it's just, I think now the core piece for me and the reason it's worthwhile is the environmental portion of it and mm -hmm. how much pleasure people get from seeing these flowers in their gardens. I mean, it's incredible. I love getting texts from people saying, this is blooming, that's blooming, this is awesome. That's wonderful. And that's a big part of your success too, is yeah. your engagement with your online community. Is that mostly how you do your marketing? I know obviously there's word of mouth, the meaningful connections you've made with people in your industry, but how are you marketing your business? It's mainly been word of mouth. I did have a website. I'm trying to update it a little bit. I'm actually just in the process of hiring a new photographer because actually one of the most difficult things for me, you know, you have to recognize your own weaknesses. And I finally had to come to grips with the fact that I was not my own best photographer. <laughs> but I'm going to stop you there and say that's a strength when you had that level of self-awareness to say, okay, I need to outsource this. Yes. And you, and you did. You know you what? When you're creating something so ephemeral and so like it's magical, but only for a quick season. And then the next moment of magic comes, you got to have somebody on hand to capture it. Yep. Yep. So the photographer is making a difference in terms of what you're putting out there. That's my next step is that this woman will come and help me this spring. And I'm really, really excited about it. But you know what? Reaching out to other small business people in your community, yes. I've gotten so many recommendations from those types of people and I can't tell them how much I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really excited to use other local moms. So this photographer, Christina Lozato, is, is so talented. I'm going to be able to use her. My good friend who's right downtown in Rye, Dabney Lee, is helping me with a fresh new logo for spring 2022 that I'm so excited to launch. Totally. But I think, especially if you live in a very design-minded community, all of those things are very important. And frankly, they're important wherever you Find live. Find those connections, cultivate them. I love it. All right, so mm -hmm. where should we send people at Lucy's Garden Life is yes. really where you're the most active, right? Where I'm the most active, yes, and where the most conversations are going on. And as Christina starts to take more and more pictures of the gardens, There'll be a lot of different content this year. I'm excited for where it's going. It's going to be more business oriented and less personal, but I'll still be having tons of conversations with people and hopefully giving people great ideas for environmentally friendly for beautiful front yards and backyards. Right. 
This is actually more meaningful than I envisioned. This conversation has been amazing. So Lucy Burkoff, oh, I'm you. so glad that we reconnected and did yes. this. And I wish you so much luck. I'm really enjoying following you on Instagram. And uh, you know what? I might uh, have a project or two for you. So we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Great to have you on the show. Be well. Thanks for listening to Bucket List Careers. You know, I've been meaning to ask you, is there an area that you feel you'd like to hear more about or people you'd like to hear more from? You know, I've said, if you have guest ideas, definitely reach out to me, DM me on social media. But if there's just a specific industry you'd like to see us delve into more in terms of the whole dream gig concept, definitely let me know. All right, we'll be back next week with more for you here at Bucket List Careers. Thanks so much for being with me. Be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.